0: All right. First Peter chapter number 1 is where we're going to go today. We'll take a break from uh, our study in the kings. Just really think about the resurrection this morning. So as uh, as Peter is writing this letter here, he's in verse 1, he talks about to the strangers that are scattered throughout uh, Pontius, Galatia, and, and Asia. And he talks about how these... Uh, you know, when really there had been people spread, the gospel had been spread. So the word of God was traveling. And and there were many even Gentile believers now. Which was something that wasn't uh, at first very well received by even Peter himself. Because they kind of felt like this was to the Jews. But, but now he's writing this letter. And uh, there are obviously people that have put their faith in Jesus. He says in verse 2, The elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, uh, through sanctification of the Spirit. So really just talking about these these ones who have received Jesus Christ. And then verse number 3, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Really giving blessings to the Lord, praising God. He said, Which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us unto a lively hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now this verse right here has a lot in it, a lot for us to really uh, understand, and a lot, of, a lot of good things, a lot of good truth in there today. And uh, one thing that he points out is he says we have a, a lively hope. You know, our hope in Jesus Christ, it's, Peter says it's, that it's alive. It's, it's something that is not a dead faith, but it's a lively hope. And really, that comes from knowing that Jesus Christ was resurrected. You know, there are a lot of people throughout history who claim to be men of greatness. People uh, claim to be prophets of God, and 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 a lot of them, you know, not being true prophets of God, uh, and they made all these claims. But there is one difference in Jesus Christ. There are men who have died for other people at times in life, right? There are people who have sacrificed their life. What separates Jesus Christ from everybody is the fact that He did not stay dead, but He resurrected. And you know, there's, out of all the things we know about Jesus Christ, I mean, this, it proves that He, he was who He said He was. Um, the Jews, they hated Jesus. The religious people, they, at, the, at the time that Jesus was there, they hated Him. And they tried to say he was a liar. They tried to disprove him. But this right here is something that nobody could deny. It's, it, this proof right here showed that he was exactly who he said he was. They got so mad at Jesus so many times because he claimed to be equal with the Father. And he was equal with the Father. And he proved it on that resurrection morning. On the day when he rose from the dead. When he did not stay in that grave. But he came out and he lived. And because of that, we have a lively hope today. We have a hope in a God who is alive. It's not that Jesus just died for our sins and was buried. No, He rose again, and He's our living Savior today. What a wonderful God we serve. You know, Jesus, the power of Jesus Christ is amazing. Sometimes I think in our life, even when we, you know, when we pray, and I think I'm guilty of this at times too, I don't always have a faith in God, like really expecting Him to, to do a work. And I'm not saying it's, you know, I, I do that on purpose always, but maybe it's just as I'm praying, just in my mind, I've been praying for so long, I'm thinking, Lord, are you really going to do something? I want to tell you today, God is all-powerful. God is a strong and mighty God. He's not a weak God. You know, as they saw Jesus beaten, as they saw Jesus hanging on that cross, I can imagine the really the, I would even say the disappointment in the disciples as they watched their Savior die. They, because this when Jesus talked to His disciples and He told them that He was going to go to the cross, at one time, Peter began to rebuke Him. And said, Lord, no, I don't want to hear that. You don't talk like that. You're not going, you're not going to die. You're not, this is not going to happen to you. But one thing they didn't realize, you know, their minds were just thinking about Jesus setting up this kingdom... They didn't realize that Jesus had to do this for us. Who them. He had to die on that cross. But he didn't stay in that, in that grave. But imagine. Imagine as they watched Jesus die. This is the man that they had served with for about three years now. These, these twelve disciples really following him. Imagine them watching and, 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 and seeing their Savior mistreated and die. And, and, and get buried in this tomb. You know, Jesus had talked about how He was going to come back in three days. It's not that He never taught His disciples this. It's just that they, they, they really kind of struggled catching on at this time. But I tell you what, imagine the excitement of these, of these disciples when they found out their Savior was actually alive. Their Savior, He was alive. He came back. Just like He said He would. I tell you what, our God is powerful. He defeated death. Death could not hold him, but he defeated that, and he defeated sin, and because of that today, we have a lively hope. You know, as I look out on this room, I, I see many, many people that are here pretty much, you know, every, every week they come to church, so you, you know about the Lord, you know about salvation, but I do want to say this, if there's anybody in this room who in any way, shape, or form trusts in anything but Jesus Christ, that's 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 foolish. Our faith is in him today. Our faith is not in the fact that I'm good enough. My faith is not in the fact that if I just do enough stuff or come to church enough or live a certain life. My faith is in Jesus Christ who died and rose again and it's a lively hope. Just like Peter said, I can say with Peter today that my faith in God is a lively hope. You know that word hope, we use it in a different sense a lot of times in our in our day and age. When we say we hope, maybe you say, I hope I'm going to get a promotion at work. Or like David, you say, I hope I'm going to get a car that actually drives because I've been like this for a couple months. Or you might hope, I mean, just a lot of things you might hope for. Um, yeah, I hope I get some money back at income taxes and I don't pay in. You know, I've been there. Um, but that, work, that hope is not the same hope That is talked about right here. This hope that is talked about in the word of God. It's a confidence. This is not just a hope saying I hope this happens. It's saying my hope is in him. And I believe that he is my savior. And I'm confident. I'm confident in Jesus Christ today. Peter was confident in Jesus Christ. And I got to say. I mean he got to see the savior. As he was resurrected. He actually got to experience seeing Jesus Christ. I mean that to me. That's amazing, um, I, and I know the Lord. Uh, the The Bible tells us that because Thomas, you remember when Thomas doubted and and he doubted that Jesus really rose again, and t- unless he could put his hands in the wounds. And uh, as he as he saw Jesus, and and he did, then he realized, you know, my my Lord, my God. But Jesus said, "Greater are they that they don't see me, but they put their faith in me." And so you know, we have that 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 chance, that opportunity, really to put our faith in and the Savior we haven't seen. But, man, I just can't even imagine being able to experience that, being alive at that time, being one of the disciples. That would be, that would be amazing. I mean, and it wasn't just the disciples. The Bible said that uh, he was seen over, over 500 men. So we know that uh, this account of Jesus is just, it's true. We believe his word today. So while now look in verse number 4. It talks about this, this confidence that we have uh, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in verse 4 it says, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. So this uh, this hope that we have in the resurrected Christ, it gives us this inheritance that is incorruptible and it's undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. I tell you what, this right here just tells us the assurance of our salvation, the assurance of ...of really our confidence in God... ...is is kept by Him. You know, we have an inheritance that is incorruptible. Maybe you inherited something from your parents... ...and most of the time it's money... ...or it might be property, whatever it is. But we know this thing. The inheritance that we get that is worldly... It is corruptible, meaning if it's money, it may go away. If it's land, it may deteriorate. If it's a house, then the house may start to fall apart. That is something that is corruptible. But the inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ is incorruptible. Amen. You know, in this, this right here, no matter, and, and, and I know sometimes this is hard to do whenever we face difficulty, but no matter how bad it gets in this life, And it may get bad for us. I mean, we may be tried. We're going to see here. Hopefully I'll be able to go through this quick enough. i got to end a little early today. But uh, Peter's writing this to people who are in distress. They're going through trials. They're having issues. So when Peter is telling them this, he's saying, listen, no matter how bad this life gets, your hope in Jesus Christ, he has given you an incorruptible inheritance. You're never going to lose it. You might lose a lot of things in this life, But one thing that you're never going to lose is the inheritance that the Lord Jesus Christ has given to you. And I want to tell us today, all of us in this room, no matter how bad life gets, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, the end is going to be worth it all. You know, no matter what what we suffer in this life. And God, the, the thing about the Word of God, He never promised us we would live a life free of tribulation. In fact, it's the opposite. That when we live in this life, you will face tribulation. But let me encourage you with this this morning. In the end, it's going to be worth it all. Because there is an inheritance that we have that is incorruptible. It doesn't ever fade away. It's not going to go away. And it's reserved in heaven for you, the Bible says. So if you put your faith in Jesus today, there is confidence really in the fact that that Christ will keep us. You know, just uh, the fact that Jesus Christ, the prophecies, and we, keep, we don't have time to go through all the prophecies, obviously, because it, it would take a while. But, you know, it's an amazing thing to me. If, if you've never really studied the prophecies about Jesus Christ and how He would come and uh, really how He would suffer, I, I encourage you, to, uh, you know, to read some of those things and really to, uh, to meditate on them and think about how Christ fulfilled all these prophecies perfectly, and uh, really just showing us that he is who he said he was we 'll look at a couple here in isaiah fifty three hold your hand here in first peter because we 'll definitely be back here isaiah fifty three um, it talks about the lord jesus Christ and one thing that uh, when you, you when you read these things, Isaiah wrote this It was around seven hundred years before Jesus Christ would even be born, uh, as you know, as a man born on this earth. In Isaiah fifty-three, this is a very familiar uh, passage of scripture that I'm sure most of us know. And uh, look in verse number. Let's look in verse number two. He says, "For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground." He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see Him, there is no beauty that we should desire Him. When I read this verse, you know, I, I think about the fact that Christ could have came in any way, shape, or form that He wanted to, because He's God, right? Imagine the Son of God, who deserves all the glory and all the praise, would come as a man that really nobody would even desire. He comes as a humble man. Why would Christ do that? I mean, He did it for us. And the fact that He would come as... And, really, and even he, w- he was a servant. When, when people should have been serving Him and bowing down before Him, He served others and He loved them. What an amazing Savior we had. And we have today. Look in verse number 3. It says, He is despised and rejected of men. Christ did not deserve to be rejected of men. But I want to tell you this. This is true. When you read in the Gospels... You see that He is despised and He's rejected of men. You know, the the majority of people rejected Jesus Christ and wanted nothing to do with Him. It was amazing sometimes even when He performed a miracle how people in the town would tell Jesus to get out. We don't want you in here. Why? I don't don't really understand the rejection, but He was. Just like the Word of God said 700 years before, this is how Jesus would be when He came to this earth. And then it says... uh, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from Him. He was despised and we esteemed Him not. And you Think about this as He went to the cross. The, the truth in this prophecy right here. It says in verse 4, Surely He had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. And then verse 5 says, But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. I'm going to stop reading there, even though it goes on. But just what an amazing... The Old Testament, I'm telling you, it's just filled with truth about Jesus Christ. It's filled with prophecies about how Christ would come, and really the detail about what town He would even be born in. Jesus Christ fulfilled all these things. And it just really verifies and proves that the Word of God can be trusted. You know, a lot of people doubt the Word of God in our day and age, but I want to tell you, you can trust the Word of God. Because these prophecies that were written hundreds of years before Jesus would even be here, lined up perfectly with, with how it would be. It gave in detail how, you know, how Jesus would come. And, and that gives us, once again, that gives us confidence in the prophecy that's yet to come in Revelation as we read about that. God will keep His Word. God will definitely keep His Word. So here we have this Savior. We read in verse 4 how he is, uh, our inheritance is incorruptible. And then in verse 5 it says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And I tell you what, it's good to be kept by the power of God today. There are those that teach that uh, salvation is something that can be lost. Salvation is something that, yes, you can have it, but at certain times in your life, if you don't live up to a standard, you could lose that. The Bible never teaches us that. The Bible, in fact, right here tells us that we are kept by not our power, but the power of God. So, think about it like this. God is the one who provided salvation to us. We did nothing to earn it, and we do nothing to keep it. It's in the power of God. It's in the power of His hands. And I tell you today, that's such a blessing because if, if, if a person could lose their salvation, I'm confident that I would lose mine because I don't live the way that I should every day. I'm not, you know, I, I, don't, I don't line up to God's standards perfectly. I'm, I'm obviously still a sinner. I have, I have issues in my life. But I want to tell you today, the hope in Jesus Christ is a hope that is everlasting. A hope that is, that is here to stay. A hope that is incorruptible. And it's not going to fade away. Why? Because we are not kept by our own power, but we're kept by His power. We're kept by the power of God. And that today right there, once again, what, what, a, what a wonderful blessing. What's, it, it's something that we can rejoice in every day of our life. You know, I get up sometimes and I have bad days. And sometimes I don't always praise God like I should. Um Right now, I have a a few supervisors that they like to not show up to work, so it's kind of like allowed me to work some extra shifts. In fact, I worked third shift last night, so I'm kind of tired. So maybe I'm grumpy sometimes. But I want to tell you something. I mean, Jesus Christ is my Savior. No matter how bad this life is, He is the one who has given His life for me. He died on that cross for my sins. He rose again And all I had to do was put my faith in Him and say, Jesus, I want You to be my Savior. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've made all these mistakes, Lord. I know that I haven't followed Your Word. I am a wicked man. But Lord, I come to You. And when I do that, the Bible says that I have an incorruptible inheritance that is never going to go away. And that God Himself is going to keep me. So no matter how bad this life is, I have it good. No matter how, how dark the valley may be, and by the way, this is something good for the church to read because as we see the world around us just really going further and further into sin, becoming more and more crazy. I mean, people are like in my opinion, people are losing their minds today. I don't understand their mentality, I don't understand their thinking. And I want to tell you today, it's becoming more and more anti Christ and anti-God, our world is. And I'm talking about America. The one where we live today is becoming more and more anti-God and anti-Christ. In fact, the world that preaches tolerance is becoming very intolerant to those that put their faith in Jesus. They, they want tolerance for their lifestyle, but when you bring Christ into the equation, there's no tolerance for Jesus. So as a church, I want to tell you, no matter how bad it gets, the Lord is our Savior. And you know what, no matter, no, no matter how hard it's going to be for me, how difficult, I can always rejoice in this, that the Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins. He was buried, He rose again, and that when I put my faith in Him, I am kept by His power until the day He comes to get me. Whether that be I leave this life through death, or He comes back to get me, I, am, I, I have that, that confidence, that hope in Jesus. Jesus. So we, we ought to really just always, you know, every day, shame on me, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting on to myself, shame on me for having a day to where I complain and have things that go wrong and I just start to have a bad attitude. Shame on me, right? I mean, I have it good. I have it good. There is never a reason for me to, to really be in that mindset, but I can always rejoice in what Christ has done for me. He's a good God. Look at verse number 6. He said, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That word temptations is is like a trial. So obviously, as Peter wrote to these believers, uh, he said, Wherein ye greatly rejoice. What are they rejoicing in? They're rejoicing in what he has just talked about. He said, Though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. That's serious trials for these people. In verse number 7, he said that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. This is interesting. For Peter to say to people that the trial of your faith is much more precious than silver and gold things that perish. He said even the testing of your faith, the difficulties that you face in life, he said they're good. It's a good thing. It's much more precious. Now a lot and and it's possible for us to go through a trial in this life that God brings into our path and to view it as something that is an inconvenience to us. View it as something as Lord, I wish that you would remove this. I don't want to deal with this right now. But it's also possible to view these trials in life as precious, as something that is, why? why? And the, the, the real question is, why would I view a trial as something that's precious? And he, he really tells us right here at the end of verse 7 so that it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know why a trial can be such a blessing to me? Because through my trial, I can bring glory and honor to Him. You see, a lot of times in this life, we think about ourselves way too much. What inconveniences me. What you know? What, what bothers me? What what is just? I don't I don't want to deal with this. It's, it's a lot of times we're too selfish. But if we would view a trial as Lord, this is where you're bringing me, and God, whatever you have in this trial, I want to bring glory and honor to your name. If we had that mentality, it would change the way we view trials. It would change the way we viewed having a bad day. You know, a lot of times this, the inconvenience that we may think is God is bringing our way, God may be trying to use you. Why? Well, how? Maybe to point somebody to Him. But a lot of times if we're focused on ourselves, we miss that. But I want to tell you, I want to be the one who says, Lord, whatever trial you bring me through, God, I want it to bring glory to you. I want to be the one who says, Lord, I want to glorify you with this god you 're bringing it into my life. Use it. I feel sometimes, especially in our world today and not not necessarily anybody in this room, but uh you know a lot like christianity is a lot of times it 's geared to you know, I want everything to go the way I want it to. I want to have you know wealth and health and all those good things. Christianity has just really been dumbed down to. You know, the good that you're going to get out of this, and I'm not saying there isn't a lot of good that we get out of it, but that doesn't mean that everything in this life is going to go the way I want it to. It doesn't mean that life is just all about me now. It's all about Him. And if we make it all about us, we're going to miss the things in life that God really wants to use. I know it's hard when you go through a trial to say, Lord, will you use this to bless others, or will you use this, Lord, to glorify you? It's hard. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been through trials where that wasn't always my thinking. I'm not going to say I always have. But I do want to say this. It's possible for us to live a life where we say, Lord, whatever comes, use me to point others to you. Use me to glorify you. And I tell you, at the end of life, if you live with that, that heart and that mentality when you see the, the face of Jesus Christ, your Savior, it's going to be worth everything. I'm saying at worth every moment of pain and suffering, if you live it for the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not regret it. I believe that with all my heart. When, when He comes, and you stand before your Savior, the One who gave His very life for you, you're not going to regret giving your life to Him. You're not going to regret saying, Lord, use me. So Peter, he was encouraging them. Now look in verse number 8. He said, Whom ye have not seen, ye love. And whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So as, as Peter began to encourage them, he talked about how they had not seen Jesus Christ now, Peter was able to experience that. He was able to see Jesus. He knew Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He saw Jesus as he was resurrected. But these people, they, they, they had not experienced that. And, you know, we can relate with, with them today. I haven't seen Jesus face to face, I haven't seen the Savior. But I tell you what, I believe that He's real. I believe that He died and that He rose again and He lives today. I believe in the Savior. And I love the Savior. Why do I love Him? I love Him because I believe He gave His life for me. You know, salvation changes a person's heart. Salvation is is more than just words that we say. It's more than just... You know, just a statement that we make or a prayer that we pray, it's it's a real belief in a savior who died for us. And when you really put your faith in Jesus, you're going to love him. You're going to love the savior. It's always strange to me. It's it's odd to me to see people who say that they believe in Jesus, people who say they've, you know, they put their faith in him and they have no desire to live for him. They have no desire. They have no care. You know what that shows me? You really don't love Him. And that, that, that to me is just, it, it, it doesn't line up with the Word of God. I love the Savior today. I can tell you I love the Savior. Have I seen Him? No. Do I believe Him? Absolutely. Am I convinced that He is real and that He's coming back? Listen, the resurrection isn't just about what Jesus did from the grave. There's going to be a resurrection for us one day. And we're going to leave this life. Peter dealt with them in Corinthians because some of them, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, they, they really didn't, uh, I, might, I have time. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 really quickly. I got three minutes, or maybe a little less. This is Paul writing here to these uh, Corinthians. Corinthians. Let's start reading in uh, verse number 12. He said, Now if Christ be preached that He rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? So there were some in the church there who were talking about there is no resurrection of the dead. And then in verse 13, He said, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then, Christ, then is Christ not risen? He said, If there is no resurrection of the dead to come, He said, Then Christ didn't really rise from the dead. And if Christ be not risen then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. And what a true statement that is, right? If Christ didn't die and then rise again, then me standing up here today would be empty and, and meaningless. It would be pointless. There would be no point. We're just coming to hear a good story today. We're, we're coming to hear somebody who can maybe you know, read or teach and you enjoy it. But if Christ is not risen, then it's pointless. But we obviously believe He did, right? That's why we're here. And, uh, you know, and, and so Paul was really trying to get this across to these people. Um, uh, let me find one more verse here. I might not find it. So, uh, Paul, he said, oh, here it is, verse 19. He said, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, meaning there's no resurrection, he said, we are of all men most miserable. You know, Paul, he put it like it was, right? And it would be true. If I could stand up here before you today and I didn't believe that there was going to be something after this, I would not tell you to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because it would be pointless, right? I'd be miserable. I'm living life with the expectation and the anticipation that Jesus Christ is going to take me home one day and I get to live with Him. But if that doesn't happen, then why would we suffer in this life? I want to tell you today, we suffer because we do believe that He's coming back. And He is. He's going to come back. And there is going to be another resurrection. And this resurrection, we'll get to experience this. And what a wonderful day that's going to be. So church, I just want to leave us with this. Listen, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ did a lot for us. And, and today is a day that, you know, we celebrate it. We kind of set it aside. But we can celebrate His resurrection every day. And, you know, this morning as we sing praise to the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to think in your minds and hearts about what He did for you if you put your faith in Him, when you sing in the hour to come, really sing from your heart and say, Lord, thank you for what you've done for me. And you know, don't let life get you down. Realize there's something so much better after this. Let's pray and then uh, we'll have a few moments before the next service.